Hey, and welcome to the Free Chapel Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Jensen Franklin. If you have your Bibles, I'm going this morning to Luke chapter 19 and verse 40 of Luke chapter 19. I love what God is doing in this church. It's refreshing. I didn't even get to preach in the first service. The Holy Spirit took over and it was just beautiful. But he, he knows you need more help than they needed. <laughs> you need the word. So I'm going to preach the word today. I'm reading from Luke. Last Sunday, I preached on sticks. And I preached on specifically that stick in Moses' hand. And all God needs is a stick. That's all he needs. He doesn't need you to be spectacular. He uses ordinary, common sticks to do remarkable miracles. And we went through the Bible, the sticks of the Bible. And today I'm preaching on stones. Because sticks and stones go together. And I want you to see this in Luke chapter 19 and verse 40. Let's back up to verse 37. Then he then as he was now drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitudes of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. Saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory to the highest, in the highest. And some of his Pharisees, they're always around, called to him from the crowd saying, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and he said unto them, I'll tell you that if these should keep silent, the rocks would immediately cry out. The rocks would immediately cry out. If, I, if, my, if people won't praise me, God said, I have rocks that will praise me. And this morning we're going to have a rock concert. Because I've often wondered, I almost wish that the people would have silenced their praise. I almost wish they would have been quiet. What would have happened? What would have happened if Jesus would have put a heavenly microphone on the rocks in the Holy Land where some of the greatest, most miraculous events in the Bible took place, interestingly, around rocks? The Bible specifically mentions in some of the most dynamic events in the Bible that it happened through or on or around a rock, a stone. What if they could testify? He said, if you, you living people who I've done so much for, if you can't seem to muster up any praise, if you feel so uncomfortable in public praising me, if you can't get your praise on, what if I would let these rocks that witness miracles in the Holy Land, somewhere covered up in the sands of time, those rocks are probably still out there. And if God would open up those rocks' mouth and allow them to communicate and testify, he said, if you don't do it, I'll, I'll let the rocks cry out praise to me. What would they say? What would they say? i tell you what I believe these rocks would say. I'm going to interview them. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Jacob's rock. The first rock mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis, the 28th chapter. What happened? I've been waiting on this a long time. 
I've held this inside. I experienced a miracle. I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, this man named Jacob, he was running from his brother. His brother Esau had 600 assassins coming to kill him and all of his family. And I'll never forget that night when that man showed up. He was so troubled. He was so lost. He was so confused. He thought that it was the end of his life by the river Jabbok. But I'll never forget the rocks testifying when he laid his head on me and he went to sleep and God gave him a dream. And while he slept on me, while he put his head on me, God showed him a vision of an a ladder coming down from heaven. And God showed him angels ascending and descending, ascending and descending. And I'll never forget it. This is the rock testifying, Jacob's rock. And he, if he could talk, this is what he would say. He said, I'll never forget it the next morning when he got up. You're not going to believe it. But he took oil and he poured it on me. He poured the oil on this rock and he began to thank God that even though he was lost and even though he was in trouble and even though he was confused and even though he didn't have anything, that God in that spot gave him an anointed dream. And I'm here to testify today that if you've ever been in a place where you don't know where you're going and how you're going to get out of the trouble that's coming after you, there is a God who in the middle of it can give people who are headed nowhere and confused he can give you an anointed dream. He can open up heaven and show you what your purpose is and what his plan for your life is. And if you won't praise God, how many of you have ever had God give you an anointed dream? You wouldn't be who you are. You wouldn't have what you have. Other people were around it. Other people could have done it. But God, somewhere in your life, gave you an anointed dream, a talent, a gift, and he poured oil on it. And if you won't praise him for the anointing on your dream, the success that God has given you, the blessings God has given you through an anointed dream. You know, to marry a, the right person is an anointed dream. To have a home and a car and a family that honors God is an anointed dream. And all around me are hundreds and thousands of people at all of our campuses. And if God has ever given you an anointed dream, if you won't praise him, and I'm preaching today on this subject, there's a rock that will take your place because there's a rock somewhere in the sands of time in Israel that will testify God can anoint your dream and he can cause a ladder to heaven and miracles, prayers go up and miracles come down when you get an anointed dream. How many of you have experienced God's anointing on your dream? Let me see your hand. Then I want you to take a moment and don't let the rock take your place, but praise him for an anointed dream. Oh, well, here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one. I want to testify. Who are you? I'm Moses's rock. What do you mean? I'll never forget it. I've been wanting to tell this forever. But I was laying out in the middle of the desert. It was barren. There was no provision. It was hot. 
It, there was nothing living. It was dead. And I heard a lot of people coming and they were mumbling and they were complaining and they were talking about how they were better off in Egypt and they were saying how thirsty they were. And it was at that moment that that old man with that stick, that old man in sandals and he had a stick and his name was Moses. He walked over and he hit me with that. This is the rock preaching this morning. He hit me with that stick. And when he did, I felt something bubbling up inside of me deep down in my soul. It became like a river. And so help me God, water started shooting out of me and suddenly the desert became a river. And I'm here to testify that God will provide and meet your every need. Even if you're in a wilderness, even if you're in a desert, there is a God who can give you beauty for ashes. He can give you he can give you water in the middle of your desert. He can give you provision no matter how dried up things look. And if you won't praise him for the provisions he's given you and the blessings he's poured into you. And how many of you have had the Holy Spirit bubble up inside of you in a dry place? If you won't praise him somewhere, there's a rock that'll testify. God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Take a minute and praise him if you believe it. Oh, well, here's another one. Here's another one. You know, Jacob's rock talks to us about anointed dreams. And Moses' rock talks to us about how God provides provision in the desert, water in the desert, refreshing in the desert, refreshing in the dry, weary times. He knows how to gush out life. And if you won't praise him for the times he's done it for you, there's a rock somewhere on earth that's praising him. Then who are you? I'm Joshua's rock. What do you mean? Well, I'll tell you. I was sitting up on top of that wall, the impregnable walls of Jericho. I could not believe it. There were thousands and thousands of my cousins and aunts and uncles. They were all connected together, and we thought we would never be moved. We were the walls of resistance to God's people entering into the promised land. And those people started marching, and for six days they mocked them, and the people laughed at them and called them names. But on the seventh day, the priest blew the trumpet, and when the priest blew the trumpet, I was sitting up there big and pretty. But when they blew the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout, suddenly I felt a trembling. I felt all the rocks under me shaking. And the next thing I knew, boom, they all fell down and they went up in a cloud of smoke. The walls were vaporized and the only thing left was me. And I was flat on the ground because the Bible said the walls fell flat. And I'll never forget when I saw the first foot of the Israelites taking the promised land, the first city in the promised land. I'll never forget. And I'm here to testify that God knows how to tear down walls of resistance, walls that have tried to shut you out, walls that have tried to contain your dream, walls that have told you that you will never have a relationship with your son or your daughter again, walls that say it ain't going to happen and I defy you 
and I'll never move and I'll never change. There is, boy, I feel this. There is a God who can tear down walls in 2022. I don't care how thick they are. I don't care how high they are. My God is bigger. My God is stronger. And he knows how to level the walls of resistance, the walls of poverty, the walls of racism, the walls of division, the walls of anger and unforgiveness and bitterness that have gone up between you and somebody you love. In the name of Jesus, walls will fall at the shout of God's people. Will you lift up your voice? Don't let a rock cry out. You know he can bring the walls down. Give him a mighty praise. Hallelujah. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sit down. If you won't praise him, you won't praise him for the flat walls. You know, if you'd, if you'd begin to praise him for what he has done, he'd do more. Well, who are you? You're just a little rock. I'm David's rock. What do you mean? Well, here's my testimony. I was laying in the bottom of a brook. When I first started out, I had a lot of edges, rough edges. But I got in the river and it started flipping me and tossing me and turning me. And it started breaking off the rough edges. And it got all the rough areas of my life, the inconsistent areas of my life, the ups and downs and the anger and the bitterness and the hurt and the addiction. It started breaking off all those, all those edges. And I ended up just a smooth stone laying in the bottle, bottom of a brook. But that's when it happened. This is the stone testifying. I'll never forget when the shepherd reached down and picked me up. And I just want to testify. He chose me. He picked me. There were so many other rocks that were prettier. There were so many more rocks that were more qualified, more educated. But for some reason, the hand of that shepherd picked me up and put me in a slingshot and started going around and around. And I thought, Lord, how mercy he's about to release me into my destiny. And he released me. And when he released me, I remember seeing a big old giant named Goliath. And when I hit him, I destroyed him and he hit the ground. And I'm here to testify that there is a God who still kills giants in people's lives. The giant of cancer, the giant of addiction, the giant of fear and depression, the giant of, of, of immorality, the giant of sin. There is a stone that God can anoint and pick and choose that will bring it down in your life. Somebody shout, he chose me. Many are called. There's a lot of brooks in the, a lot of stones in the brook, but many are called, but few are chosen. I just want to testify and praise the Lord that he chose me. What an honor to sing. What an honor to preach. What an honor to serve. What an honor to sit in God's house. And what an honor to hold a camera. What an honor to park cars because he chose me. I'll tell you this. If you want to get out of the, being stuck in the mud, you need a pastor. You need a shepherd. Because the call of a shepherd is because a lot of you, you're saved and you're on your way to heaven, but you're stuck in the mud. 
It's because you're not getting fresh instructions from heaven. You need a shepherd in your life. You need a pastor in your life, a pastor who will reach down with messages at times and pull you out of yourself and pull you out of the rut you're in and say, wait a minute, God has a destiny for you. You're not just here to fill in time and be a fat cat. There's a destiny on your life. And this rock testifies, everybody say giants still fall. Turn to somebody and say, I don't know what you're facing, but the, even the rocks testify giants still fall. Does anybody believe that? Giants still, but you don't understand. There's Goliath. Giants still fall. Can I preach a few more stones? I just got three more. Can I preach three more? Oh, what's this? What's this? Looks like you've got blood on you. What's wrong with you, rock? I was, I was in the demoniac's hand. I would hear him at night. He was possessed with thousands of demons. He would tear his clothes off, according to Mark chapter 5. He would cry out day and night. They would hear his voice screaming, help me, help me, help me as demons would torment him. And then he would reach for me and he would cut himself in agony with fury and anger and self-hatred. He would cut himself. He so hated himself. He would shoot himself up. He would drink himself silly. He, 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 he had self-hatred and I, I, I have blood because he cut himself and lived in the graves, the graveyard. No man could tame him. I saw him. He held me. No man could tame him. No counselor could fix him. No program could turn him around. Oh, but one day I just want to testify that a man from Galilee got out of the ship. And when he got out of the boat, suddenly that man still had me in his hand, bleeding, wounded, tore up by demons, fell at his feet and began to worship him. And when he did, Jesus cast the demons out of him and they went into the swine and he got up and he was clothed and in his right mind and he threw me down never to pick me up again. And I want to testify there is a God who can deliver you, deliver you from demons, deliver you from destruction, deliver you from suicide, woo, deliver you from, from addiction and killing yourself slowly. There is a God. And I wonder how many of you were alcoholics and drug addicts and how many of you were suicidal and how many of you were tormented by demon powers. How many of you were under the curse of sin and Satan had such a grip on you, but God delivered you. If you won't praise him, God will have a rock somewhere in the sands of time that can testify. He whom the sun sets free is free in teeth. I think I'll just leave that one right there. Woo, hallelujah. Take a praise break and I'll finish my little sermon. I want all you delivered folks. I want all you people who were bound and you couldn't get free, but Jesus set you free. The blood set you free. Religion couldn't do it. A preacher didn't do it. Church couldn't do it. Jesus did it and he still does it.
<laughs> no, no case too hard. No person he cannot reach. No soul, no teenager, no young person, no, no wall they put up can resist the one from Galilee. When he shows up, demons bow. Oh, hold on, sit down. Who is this? Who are you? I'm the stone of forgiveness. What do you mean? The Pharisees called her. I was there. John chapter 8, in the very act of adultery, she was a failure. She was over. She was ruined. She was unredeemable. She was, she was, she was committing adultery. And they threw her at the feet of Jesus. And with stones in their hands, my, my, my other stone friends were... Were, were, were in the hands of the Pharisees and they couldn't wait to release the rocks. And they charged Jesus with a statement, Moses and the law says, stone her for her sexual immorality. She'll die in shame. She'll die in guilt. She'll die always being remembered as an adulteress. Then they made a terrible mistake. They ask one question, what do you say, Jesus? And Jesus, I'll never forget it. They walked over and they put me in his hand as if he was supposed to throw the first stone. But instead, he knelt down in the sand and he started touching dirt. God who is holy and sinless and perfect, pure, holy, Jesus touches dirty people, nasty people with nasty stories, filthy stories, messed up lives. I think he wrote L-O-V-E. I think he wrote Calvary. And he said this statement. Let the rock preach. He said something. He said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And something funny happened. They all, according to the text, they all from the oldest to the youngest, meaning the oldest did it first. You know why? Because they had more stuff. Don't think it's just the young people sinning. Some of you older people, you better, you can't let up when you're in your 50s. You, you're just as capable of doing wicked things in your 50s and your 60s. And some of you are nasty in your 70s and your 80s. You, you crazy, crazy as a bat, flirting around. No, nobody don't want you. Going out in mini skirts. Men with big old white hair, looks like a forest of hot hair within in your convertible, trying to be, get you sexy on. You don't have no sexy no more. You need to be a servant of God. That's about all you got left now. You don't need no 20 year old. You couldn't handle her if you got her. 
Where did all that come from? I have no idea. If you don't like it, I'll throw a rock and hit you right in the head with it. I don't care. That touched me, though. That blessed me from the oldest to the youngest. None of us. They dropped the rock. All of them dropped the rock except Jesus. He was the only one qualified who had never committed a sin, and he could have thrown it. But instead, he said, I give you the stone of forgiveness. Neither do I can listen to that word. Condemnation is Satan's number one weapon. When you failed morally and sexually, condemnation. You're dirty. You're unclean. Any voice that's telling you that, if you'll bring that sin to the cross, you don't ever have to listen to that again. You are born again. You are brand new. You are cleansed. You are holy. You are pure. You are clean. You are righteous. You are forgiven. It's the stone of forgiveness. And so I close with this. You're you're at a point now in your life where some of you need Jacob's dream, Jacob's rock. You need an anointed dream. And some of you are at a point in your life where you love the Lord, but you're in a desert and you're in a wilderness and you're in a dry place and barren. And you need Moses' rock that brings refreshing and brings provision, water out of the rock, right in the middle of your desert. You're so weary. You're so worn. You're so tired. There's refreshing that can come to you today. Maybe you're here today and there's walls of resistance. I stood back there and shook hands for about an hour this morning. And one precious couple came up and they said, Pastor Franklin, would you pray for us? We want to see our granddaughter. We have not seen her in two years, both of them, the grown, big, strong granddaddy weeping, grandmother weeping. And they didn't know, I, they didn't hear this message, but I immediately thought walls of resistance will fall. Walls still fall. The stones testify, walls still fall. Me and Tyler, my son-in-law sitting down here, there was a wall, but the wall failed. And I love that boy. I love him. We love him. Cherise loves you. Isn't it amazing? We didn't even speak. We couldn't stand each other. You know it's the truth. Oh, is that too vulnerable? Is that too real? But the walls fail. There's my family on the front row, and we love each other. I didn't think it could happen. I, did, I reached a point. I didn't think it could happen, but God flattened that wall. Amelia's asking her daddy now, Daddy, what's he talking about? Don't, you can read it in a book. <laughs> I'm so thankful. 
That's what I felt. You know, I thought, I thought we, can, we can see walls fall in this place. We can see it happen again. We don't have to think that it's just going to stay that way. No, the walls can come down between a daughter and her dad. I know he left you. I know he abandoned you. I know he, I know, I know, I understand. I, my wife, I live with my wife and her father was never there much in her, in her life. And when he was in, he would come in and then disappear. And it was just jerking you all over the place emotionally. But those walls can fall. Or maybe you're here and the reason I go over here, I wrote on the rocks what they were. <laughs> maybe you're facing a Goliath. Maybe you're watching me in one of our campuses. You got news this week from the doctor that you're facing a Goliath of cancer. Or you're facing a Goliath of heart disease or kidney failure. Giants still fall. Or maybe you're watching me now and You've got an addiction so strong. Maybe you're cutting yourself as a teenager because your self-esteem and demons are lying in your ear. You're a nobody. You have eating disorders and anorexia, bulimia, self-hatred. Please hear this preacher. There is a God who can deliver you this morning. He loves you. You have great value to him today. And don't you listen to that spirit of suicide that says, just give up. What's the use? There's a stone of forgiveness for the man who left his wife and his family. You're sitting there all alone with nothing but a bottle. You might have lots of money, but money can't satisfy what you need. There's a stone of forgiveness Jesus wants to give you. And it'll never be the same, but God can make things new and he can, he can, he can make the best out of it. If you'll surrender your life to him, he's got a plan for the rest of your life. Who am I preaching to today? Who needs, who needs a miracle from God of grace or deliverance or provision or whatever, a dream? It's not, you know, when God really wants to judge you, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to let it, you get in a car wreck and all that. You know, all God has to do really, if he really wants to judge you bad is turn the lights out and you're just wandering through life with no dream, no vision, no purpose. But when you get close to him, he'll start anointing a dream for your life. He'll pour the oil on. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Free Chapel can now be your home church no matter where you live with Free Chapel Online. Watch weekly messages from wherever you are with your family and friends. Join online small groups, volunteer, and more. Plus, there's weekly content for youth and kids. Join today by downloading the free Chapel app or head over to freechapel.org online. 
And a special thanks to those who give generously to help us produce weekly content like this to reach the world with the message of Jesus. If you'd like to partner with us, you can give by clicking the link in the description or on our website and app. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.